Hi, I'm Alicia Lockhart. And I'm LaDonna Humphrey. Welcome to Deep Dark Secrets. Today's episode takes us to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Toronto is the most populated city in all of Canada, and it's definitely had its fair share of dark secrets. The first dark secret I'd like to talk about is Peter Woodcock. He's also known as David Michael Kruger. He was one of those very rare youth killers, and as a child, he would travel around on his red and white Schwinn bike. He had this fantasy, Alicia, of amassing a bike gang of 500 other boys. That's pretty strange. (laughs) (laughs) So he's going around on his red and white bike looking for boys. Absolutely. He wanted 500 other boys to be in a bike gang with him. Um, Fortunately, that bizarre desire never came to fruition, but instead he would ride around, and this is really sad, he would ride around on his bicycle and he would molest other children that he came across. Oh, I'm kind of liking the bike gang idea now. That was better. That was better, yes. So he was really sick. As a 17-year-old, he claimed young children ages four, seven, and nine as murder victims, and he was sent to a mental institution for treatment. I mean, he was just a very sick individual. He was eventually granted a day of unsupervised release from this psychiatric institution, and he took an opportunity that day to kill. Again, he just could not help himself. So he was deemed as the serial killer they couldn't cure. I'm not sure that they that anybody can cure a serial killer, but this guy, this Peter Woodcock, he was just absolutely hellbent on killing small, small boys. Just really frightening. Yeah, it's crazy that they thought that they could let him out, that he was, maybe they thought he was cured and then that turned out to not be true. I don't know. It's horrible. Believe it or not, that's not the only deep, dark secret from that area. Ontario also claims a killer named Wayne Clifford Bowden. He was known as, get this, the vampire rapist. Oh, so he must be like a blood drinker then. Yeah, wait till you hear this. He was an active serial killer between 1969 and 1971. He had four victims that he raped and strangled. He earned that nickname because he liked to bite the breasts of his victims. Ew. bizarre and through this crime he actually helped canada and the united states learn more about forensic dentistry because he was actually the first person that was ever convicted in north america through that process so his weird little fetish actually you know led to technology and knowledge that helped north america not only convict him but go forward and help find other sick killers through forensic dentistry. So I think that's pretty interesting. It is. He wouldn't have gotten caught if he hadn't been biting people. Absolutely. Just very, very strange. But in addition to those dark secrets, Ontario holds another one. As you walk down Brimley Road in Toronto, you probably don't even know how close you are to a man who spends all his spare time fantasizing about murdering women. But there he is, tucked away in his office, the owner of Bluestone Video Productions, Barry Smith. 
Oh, that gives me chills. I really can picture just walking down a road and, you know, someone being on the other side of a wall editing footage of these murderous scenarios with women. Oh, so Barry Smith, Barry Smith is a big deal in the fetish community. He goes by the moniker Bluestone, and he owns multiple outfits. He is the owner of the Femme Fatalities Forum, which is a big place that death fetish people congregate to share content and role play and chat. He's running this production company out of Toronto called Bluestone Video Productions. Other people will call him Silk and Blood because that's his website. That's what it's called. And he's produced, it looks like around a thousand death fetish videos that are out there for purchase on the internet. So in addition to that, he also owns a hosting site for all other death fetish producers. It's called Genre Videos. And it's a gated hosting site where any producer that decides to make a movie can list their videos for sale. It's a safe place for them to do that where people can't see it. People will join genre videos and they can pay for these videos anonymously with cryptocurrency. So Barry Smith, he's kind of a big deal. Not only is he creating content, he's creating community. He's creating spaces that encourage other people to make and consume and obsess over their their death fetish. And he is a huge talker on these forums. He just gushes about how he became what he is today for the community. So he thinks very highly of himself. I think they all do, but it seems like Barry has a huge stake in the death fetish culture and community. Yeah, this seems like it's a full-time thing for him. I can't imagine he has much time to do anything else. So Barry, like I said, he's very talkative on these forums. And he says that all of this started for him because he was inspired by a TV show that debuted in 1991 called Silk Stockings. Have you ever seen that? No, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, I hadn't seen it either. So for the listeners, you're like us, you haven't heard of Silk Stockings. It's actually a TV crime drama. It was on CBS and then it later got rebroadcast on the USA Network. It's a show that follows the lives of two detectives that are assigned to solve crimes that are of a sexual nature and crimes of passion among wealthy people in the Palm Beach area of Florida. So this TV show was like a, you know, wildly popular in the death fetish community because of that sexual, you know, the pairing of sex and crime. Oh, it just seems like that would be uh, right up Barry's alley. So that makes sense that that's how he got his beginnings. Yeah. So he was inspired by this show. And I guess a lot of the death fetishers like to take uh, horror movies or TV shows and they, they'll just edit it so it's just the clips where women are getting hurt and then they share those with each other. Like that's the only important part of the film for them. That's the arousing part. So Barry got this idea in 2002. He was like, I'm just gonna buy all of the the Silk Stockings episodes and, you know, trim them down and start selling just packages of death scenes, violence to women's scenes only to my other fetishers. Oh, that's creative and 
disturbing. And it ended up being a big hit. A lot of people liked that show and they didn't want to have to bother to watch the whole show. They just wanted to get to the heart of it and watch the girls die. That's awful. So Barry, he was having a heyday making this content. He loved doing it and he was making a bit of money off of it. There were 176 episodes of Silk Stockings. And so he went episode by episode and, you know, fixed them up so the death fetishers could use this basically as pornography for them, you know, something to uh, masturbate to. Yuck. Yeah. So he had been in the habit of editing all this video footage and we talk about escalation a lot. This escalated into him becoming a producer. So by 2005, he didn't have any more videos to edit. And he decided that he was going to start making more videos that looked like silk stockings. He decided, I'm going to start filming the scenes I wish that they had filmed, but they didn't go there. You know, they didn't make these extra death scenes. So he'd watch the episodes and he would wish that he could have seen the actress die in this other way. So he he had enough fantasies just about this show on its own to start making his own videos. And he had been watching other death fetish producers content as well. And he had certain models that he really loved the look of. And this is, you know, this is just my opinion. But when I look at the retelling of this, how the way he talks about these models, it's absolute obsession. There's this model named Petra that he he would buy all of her content from other producers. And he was emailing every producer like, I need to get in touch with Petra. I need to film with Petra. Like he was obsessed with certain models trying to get a hold of them for his own videos. That's creepy, but it's a little scary, too because he's clearly a fetisher. And so I would be a little concerned if I were Petra, that somebody was that obsessed with me. That's, that's creepy. Yeah, he was like begging for her contact information from other producers. And it was multiple other producers that he asked for this. And he says that it took him like three years, but he finally got somebody to to get him in touch with her. And he even says that this was not business for him. This was not a money-making endeavor for him. It was purely pleasure. He said that he spent a lot of money to rent hotel rooms, to fly wherever these models that he was obsessed with were. He would pay for their hotel and flight. He would pay for all the equipment and the locations to shoot. He would rent studios. He was spending all this money just so he could have this in-person experience with the girl he had seen in other people's films. Wow. That's scary in and of itself. Just again, touching on, you know, this escalation idea, because I would think that you become that obsessed with death of certain models, right? That you, that you're attracted to, that it would be hard to keep that line between fantasy and reality. I mean, that's, that's really scary. Yeah. It's a level of obsession that is just so intense. And I want people to know that these people aren't just like, oh, yeah, I have a foot fetish. You know, it's like it seems like it consumes their lives at a certain point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was definitely obsessed and definitely crossing all kinds of lines to go to those links for his obsession that Barry, please get some help. So Barry Smith ended up making 500 episodes of his own Silk and Blood series. I mean, that's hardcore. And 
believe it or not, sort of like we've seen in the past with other producers, he starred in many of those videos as an assailant. He ended up branching out into super heroin videos, and he started another series called The Scotland Yard Cold Cases. And that's about a fictional serial killer in the UK. And this series is really popular. You know, you go into the forums and lots and lots of fetishers refer to this Scotland Yard's series because they really like it. It cracks me up when I see people talking about it because they use the acronym SYCC. And so it's always like, did you see the latest episode of Sick? And I'm over here on the forums lurking around and I'm like, yeah, it is sick. It's very sick. And and people seem to love it. They just eat it up. And, you know, believe it or not, Barry's videos are pretty soft core, quote unquote, compared to some of the other producers we've covered. But they still include horrific details of women being strangled. Women are being shot. They're being stabbed. And so I'd like to take a look at a few of those videos. So while we've got that pulled up, the first one I've got here is called Out of Court Settlement from the Scotland Yard Cold Cases. And here's the description. While she's lying in bed in a skimpy negligee, Cameron hears a sound. She thinks it's her estranged husband, but it's not. It's a hitman. He attacks her, starts to strangle her, but she manages to break free just in time. She tasers him to slow him down, but she is not able to escape before he tosses her back onto the bed and starts to hand strangle her. Again, she breaks free just in time. However, she doesn't get very far. And this is where the description doesn't make a lot of sense. It's, but it says, the third time lucky as the hitman strangles her once again until she's dead, snapping her neck to make sure. A very sexy killing of the beautiful Cameron Drew. Don't miss it. Just, it's creepy. I love how he like lightens it up at the end. Like, a very sexy video. Don't miss it. Yeah, we're we're talking about murdering women. But hey, you don't want to miss out here. But if you look at the preview here, you can see that this young, you know, beautiful blonde is being assaulted. She's being strangled by a man in a black ski mask. So that adds this very real effect to this film. And Barry uses stills of the woman making these pained faces. They're horrible facial expressions while she's being strangled. And he does this to sell the video. Yeah, these are images that he's posting as advertisements. And we will put these images as extra content on our Patreon. So if you guys want to see these pictures and you don't want to have to go into these nasty websites on your own, go ahead and subscribe over there so you'll be able to see what we're talking about here. These photos are less graphic than some of the ones that we've seen before, but they're still, they're terrible. It's, It's terrible. And the tags on for this. So that's what people are searching for in terms of the films that they want to see, right? And so they tag these videos based on what people want. It's strangled to death, manual strangle, hand strangle, cradle carry, and blonde. And what's interesting about Barry Smith's special brand of death fetish is that it's all about watching the woman die. And from what we can see, a lot of his videos don't even have nudity in them. They're just purely into the death aspect, not the sex aspect. And I think that 
maybe scares me the most. Yeah, this is, I never thought that I would say that the quote unquote softcore version of death fetish films would be more disturbing to me. But when you take out that typical pornography aspect of it, and you realize that there are people going crazy for this content, it's like, they don't even need there to be sex in it for it to be sexually arousing for them. It scares me that somebody can get aroused without even seeing any of that happening. I kind of wonder if like this content is made for somebody who doesn't want to watch someone else do it because they want themselves to be in that role. Well, and I, I also think what's scary about this, it's more realistic. It's a more realistic scenario where a man breaks into your home in a ski mask. We see that happen all the time in real world crimes. And he's there to commit this murder. The films are actually much better quality than what we've seen out of other producers like, I don't know, Chris Corner films. I mean, this is a higher quality. I personally feel like a film like this could help push someone over the edge to a real crime, you know, going and committing something similar to what they've seen. I mean, that's that's how dangerous something like this is, in my opinion. It's really, really, really scary. Yeah. And there's just hundreds of videos like this. And people, what that tells you is that people are buying them. He's making all these videos. He's got an audience. They want to see more and more of these videos. Here's another one that I found. It's called Lady Killer. And it's got the same actress in it. Like we said before, there's a few actresses that Barry Smith is obsessed with, and he likes to use them over and over again. So at least we know... With Barry, these women are likely still alive because he's working with them again, but it's creepy that he's expressed such an obsession with certain women. Yeah, that, I would be concerned. I would absolutely be concerned if I were those models. And I'm not sure that these models are in these forums, so they may not know what Barry is saying about them. Wow. So this film is called Lady Killer, and it says Cameron plays a female killer She's about to blow her victim's brains out when she realizes that he had anticipated the hit. He fights back, but Cameron's character beats him soundly until a low blow knocks her off her stride. The victim then takes control, trying to strangle her into submission, then knocking her out until he can arm himself with a taser. He first uses the taser to take the fight out of her but then decides to kill her with an extended taser blast to the brain. Cameron's brains are cooked as she dies with her eyes frozen in wide-eyed horror and steam wafting through delicious parted lips. Don't miss this sexy death of hit woman Cameron. Ew, that's awful. Yeah, it is really gross. So the tags for this one, someone would be searching for bad girl, blonde, cat suit, Death Stare, Electric Shock, Electrocuted, Electrocution Face, Hit and Strangled, Knocked Out, KO, Low Blow, Strangled, and Tasered. And if you uh, take a look at the visual I have here, there's a few screenshots of the free images that Barry Smith puts out to sell this film. And there's this close-up of this woman's face. Her eyes are really wide. She's got smoke coming out of her lips because she's been electrocuted. She's a beautiful woman. And this is what 
the fetishers want to see. They want to see somebody beautiful have the life taken out of them, tased out of them. There's even another close-up of these hands around her neck strangling her. And again, she just looks, her face is, she's in pain. It's awful. And one of the, the tags, I wanted to mention something about that. The words death stare, that seems to be something that's really important in the fetish community, particularly in Barry's forum. We've seen that over and over and over again, where users are asking for that death stare. Yeah, they just want to see somebody with their eyes open, just like glossed over, no blinking. It seems like that's a very uh, special or particular detail in the fantasies of these death fetishers. They they want to see somebody not moving. They just want their eyes to stay open. That's disturbing, but, but it, it does get worse. There's one more video we're going to preview today. It's called Fired, and it's episode 201 in the Silk and Blood series. Equally disturbing. Here's the description. Susie and Tina complain to their supervisor that a male employee has been making sexual advances, so the employee is fired. Out for revenge, the employee confronts the two women, has them partially disrobe, then shoots them both multiple times. They are both shot in the chest, and Tina is also shot in the belly. Two sensational babe deaths in this video. Susie and Tina together again for the first time. Yes, they had worked together on the same projects, but had never met until Bluestone put them together, and the result is a blast of a video. I'm reading this description, and it's so bizarre because, again, Barry is trying to lighten up the description by saying, and the result is a blast of a video. You know, and it's a play on words, too, because it's you know, it's a shooting video. And there are some keywords here. Tags on the video are belly hit, blonde, breast hit, brunette, death stare. There's that word again. Male killer, miniskirt, shooting, shot, stripped, stripped to bra, stripping, and upskirt views. And I wanted to point out, and in addition to death stare, one of the other things that we see a lot in the fetish community, and again in Barry's community that he runs, are videos and stories about belly shootings. I don't know why. I think it's creepy, but I wanted to point that out. I mean, I think we've seen it dozens and dozens of times. There are a lot of photographs in the forums, manipulated photographs, where people will upload a picture of a girl they know in a bathing suit, and then other people will Photoshop bullet wounds and blood running down her stomach. And that is definitely a fetish of its own. People that are just looking for gunshot wounds to the belly. Yeah, it's it's disgusting. You know, this, I would say, is one of Ari's more racy videos because the girls appear in their bra and underwear. Again, there's no nudity, but there's bloody gunshot wounds on their bodies, which it's disgusting. It's disgusting to look at. And it's, it's sad and scary to think, you know, they're glorifying these women being murdered through gunshot wounds. Get the clip up. It's it's pretty awful. They're both, like you said, in their bras, and one of them's wearing a skirt with her bra, and they have these bullet wounds. One of them has a chest wound right on her breast. The other one has one on her stomach, and the faces that they're making. I really I can't stress enough how important the facial expressions are. They're like zoomed in on. This is part of Barry Smith's branding. I think he just really wants to show that he's put these women in excruciating pain. 
Yeah, that's really disturbing to look at. It makes me even more disgusted with the whole idea of death fetish because, you know, they go all out to make sure that these videos just encompass everything, you know, the blood, the gore, the horrible facial expressions, all of it. It's disturbing, and I hope that our listeners are outraged that this kind of content is being shared by people who are constantly fantasizing about and hoping to somehow depict their own, you know, love for murder, the murder of women. I cannot stress that enough, that this is something that we should all be very, very concerned about. And we know from covering these other murder cases that are real crimes that have been committed by death fetishers, that there comes a point where these videos, these stories, these manipulated photographs, they're just not enough anymore. And Barry Smith is a beautiful example of that because it wasn't enough to just be editing videos, you know, to show the death scenes. He needed to spend all of his time and money hunting down specific models and having a physical experience with them. I have up on my screen here a few pictures from some of Barry's first seasons of creating his own films where he paid a lot of money to go see his favorite actresses. And there's these still shots of Barry himself strangling women in lingerie. And it's just so creepy to me to look at these pictures. You see Barry and he looks like he looks like somebody's dad. You know, he's a Caucasian male, I would say probably in his 60s. He wears glasses. He's balding. He's just wearing like trousers and a t-shirt. And he looks like every older man, just a normal older man. He, he does look like a normal guy. That could be anybody. That's what's scary to me because I think a lot of us, you know, me included, can sometimes visualize what they think a bad guy or a murderer or someone that is into these kind of things looks like. But the truth is, is that there is no one way that someone looks. I mean, these are people that you might be working with that might be teaching your children at their school, or maybe they go to church with you. Or, I mean, it's, you can't pick them out. I think I said that in another episode, you can't pick these fetishers out in a crowd. That's how normal they look. And so Barry Smith, he is in Toronto, Canada. He's walking among people and he's spending, oh my gosh, full-time hours, if not more, fantasizing about the next murder scenario that he's going to film, the next model he's going to meet up with and touch and strangle, be in the same room with her. It's so exciting for him. So he's filming in Canada. He's also branched out. He films in the UK and in the US. And I find that very interesting because there are different laws in all of these places and he's got his business license where he lives in Canada, but he's going all over shooting this footage. And I just, I wonder legally if there's anything that can be done about that because he's not just in Canada, he's going all over. He does charge $3,000 to make a custom film. He mostly just makes films about what he wants to experience in, in person with these women. He admits that most people will not pay that high of a price. Uh, so he doesn't get a lot of custom orders like the other producers. And he has said about himself, I quote, why did I become a producer? 
Was it to make a lot of money? No, it was to create the scenes that I wish I had seen myself. Eventually, I packed up my $4,000 camera, I racked up some airfare and hotel reservations on my credit card, I withdrew enough funds to pay the model for three days of shooting, and off I went, literally on a wing and a prayer, a prayer that the model wouldn't cancel. Well, she didn't, and Dean, her bodyguard, and I bonded quickly. She realized that I had my fetish completely under control, and then she treated me with the utmost respect. My formula of beautiful women dressed in sexy and classy attire in well-scripted films became a reality. Over two years later, and several shoots with the model, she's now totally comfortable with me, and we've even shot alone together many times. No bodyguard required. <laughs> I, I laugh when I read this because I can feel how excited he is that he's gained the trust of this model that he's been obsessed with. Well, I also think that something that he said... I, I want to go over that because read something that just really jumped out at me. You said that Barry realized that he had his fetish completely under control. Mm. That indicates to me that Barry is well aware that many of the fetishers that he comes in contact with or that participate in these forums don't have their fetish under control. And what does that mean? That also means that Barry himself has questioned whether or not he has his fetish under control. Well, I can say this about Barry. I know him as Bluestone. I've had some contact with Bluestone. Uh, just, you know, really quickly, I was doxxed in the community, as you know. Um, we write about that in our book, Strangled. So there's more information about it there. But I did have some contact with Bluestone because of being doxxed in that forum. And what I can say about him is he is very, very well-spoken in terms of his emails. I mean, he's very, very smart. He seems to be very savvy with the legal system. I just wanted to point that out. I mean, the contact that I've had with Bluestone, it goes back to that theme that I've said in this episode and several other episodes, comes off very normal, someone that you might meet in everyday life. And I would go as far to say is that Barry is probably very well educated based on the communication that I've had with him. Yeah. And it looks like he's financially well off. You know, he's well off enough to fund these projects that he's saying are for personal gain. He's not trying to live off of the money he makes from these films. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. He does seem to be financially sound. What I find really scary about Barry is that he's passionate about keeping this community going. So he's got that Fem Fatalities Forum. There's about 10,000 active members on there. And he's also making money off of all the other producers by hosting that website for them to sell all of their death fetish films on. That website, again, is called Genre Videos. It's genrevideos.com. We'll throw in some screenshots of that on our Patreon. Barry, he's just deep into the community, wants to make sure that all the producers have a place where they can always continue to make and sell the videos. So if you go to Genre Videos, there's a big warning screen and it says, this video mall features work from various independent producers, including some adult-oriented material. You must be of legal age to view this material. If you're not, please leave now. You will have to register to enter the site. 
but you will not have to fund your account to view the content. The genres featured on the site all involve female peril, both of a moderate and extreme nature, and may be disturbing to some people. Please do not enter if you will be disturbed by these images. I wonder, I have to wonder, if some of that verbiage is used because he's trying to stay within the the laws in Canada? Do you think that's possible? Oh, for sure. And I think that he, another thing that I forgot to mention, on he has a website called Silk and Blood where he sells his clips. And it's like through a regular credit card processing, this is just a normal website. But what he shows of his clips on there is so different than how he advertises them within the death fetish community. So it's the same video. He'll have it for sale on the forums. Those descriptions that we read of his videos, those are from the forums. They're juicy. They, you know, say detailed descriptions of strangling, electrocution. They're gory. But if you look at the Silk and Blood website, it just says, buy this video of Cameron in a cat suit. So he is very aware of what he needs to do to stay legal. I, I would agree with that. I, and I think my understanding of the current laws in Canada, um, the offense would be considered obscene materials. Um, that definition, which I think he's trying to skirt around, would be a person who makes, prints, publishes, distributes, circulates, or has in their possession any obscene written matter, picture, model, phonograph record, or any other obscene thing. For the purposes of this act, any publication of a dominant characteristic, of which is the undue exploitation of sex, and any one or more of the following subjects, namely crime, horror, cruelty, and violence, shall be deemed to be obscene. And the sentence is up to two years of incarceration and a $5,000 fine. So I feel like he's he's skirting what he can or trying to avoid violating the obscene materials clause in Canada. Yeah, and he, if you look at his films, he is not... You know, nobody's having sex in these videos where women are being killed. That's true. I mean, violence is what I mentioned earlier. It just seems very realistic violence without the actual pornography aspect, nudity and the, the actual sex act. So, I mean, he's definitely, definitely being smart in terms of how he's filming this particular, you know, fetish, so to speak. I agree. I think it's pretty unlikely that you know, based on his videos alone, that they would be able to convict him there in Canada. But the laws are different in some U.S. states. The laws are different in the U.K. So it's interesting that he feels comfortable going to those places and filming. I think he probably doesn't have any idea that anyone is even watching what he's doing, that anyone has looked up his business license. Uh, I think a lot of these producers feel really comfortable that they're operating in the dark. And that bothers me. It bothers me. And I think that, uh, no, I know that Barry is very confident about what he's doing because I've seen many things that he's posted within the forums. And he's very, very confident that what he's doing is not going to get him in trouble. Many, many times I've seen that he's posted that it's completely, what he's doing is completely legal. 
there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing that can happen to him. And he tries to encourage others to be brave and to not worry about, you know, them being exposed for what they're up to. Barry, I think, is confident and educated and is going to do everything that he can to continue to propel not just his company and his own money-making ventures, but I think the entire death fetish culture and community online as a whole, because he's it's so important to him. I mean, do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I do. And he knows that he's not going to get in trouble with the current laws for the films he makes. But that forum that he has, has some really extreme content. And Genre Videos is hosting, he even admits it in that warning, some very extreme content. So I don't think that he is immune because of those things, but I think that he thinks he is. I would agree with that. I would like to point out once again something that, you know, Barry said about himself, and we touched on this earlier, that he has his fetish under control. It implies that he knows that other people that are in the fetish community, that he is around on a regular basis or discussing, you know, fetish-like things with, he knows that these people don't have it under control. He knows. He knows the dangers of what is happening in the fetish community. And I think that Barry should be held accountable. I I do. Mainly because he made that statement. I mean, all this other stuff is horrible that he's doing. I'm completely against it. But he knows. He said himself that others don't have it under control. And I think that that's what's the most damning thing here. And I really think People should get outraged about that because he continues to make these films and propel the fetish community forward, knowing that what he's doing is dangerous. Yeah, he's carrying these people. He's leading the way and showing them, look, it's okay. You know, you can be like me. You can be obsessed with death fetish. You can make it your whole life and nobody's going to do anything about it. And so I just, Barry Smith, if you're listening today, we're going to do something about it. We're going to make sure that everybody knows what you're doing in your town. Absolutely. And for our listeners out there, if you're feeling outraged, if you're feeling passionate about this too, please reach out to us. Contact us through our email account, deepdarksecretspodcast at gmail.com. Join our Patreon so you can see some of these photographs, these links, and and get updates about what we're doing to change laws in specific places, because this is a mission that we're passionate about and we're going to keep pursuing until we see some, some forward motion here. Absolutely. I mean, we want you, we want the listener to become enraged about what is happening and to join us because this is dangerous stuff. It is impacting communities all across the world. People are dying. We're going over real cases throughout this podcast of people who were murdered, murdered because of the death fetish community. Just let that sink in. And these producers know, Barry Smith knows what he is doing is wrong. And Barry Smith knows that there are dangerous people that are following these communities and watching his movies and participating in these forums. And he knows what could happen. He knows I've communicated with Barry. I know how intelligent this guy is. I know 
that he is very well versed in the law. And I do believe he needs to be held accountable. He knows exactly what he's doing and he doesn't care. So remember that he does not care. And I would also add to our listeners, if you know of someone that has a deep, dark secret in your community, please whisper it to us through email. We'll keep you confidential and we will do the investigative work to help expose that deep, dark secret. And you can remain anonymous. As Alicia mentioned earlier, feel free to email us at deepdarksecretspodcast at gmail.com. You know, continue to visit our website where we'll have some content there. Please follow us on social media. Just join us, link arms with us and help us put a stop to the death fetish community. Thank you for listening. And remember, please keep your lights on. For exclusive content from this episode and all other episodes, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash deep dark secrets. Sign up and you'll be able to see some visuals that accompany each episode.